So you want to get your MBA and you've got a few questions. Well, we've got answers. Welcome to the MBA podcast, the spot for honest and actionable advice about business school. For more information, check out our site at thembapodcast.com. Now, here's your host, David O'Brien. Let's talk about specific admissions essays. Most of these, pretty much all of these, are going to benefit from the general high-level advice I gave earlier. Those are in episode 8 and 9. And if you plan on using ChatGPT to help you with your essays, uh, you probably want to listen to uh, episode 10 as well, especially the end of it. So remember, too, that a lot of these school or sorry, a lot of these essays are some form or fashion of why an MBA school or why an MBA from X school. And then the other one that's common is essentially tell me something more or personal about you or about how you fit with X school. Uh, so if I skip over some or if I go if I go quickly through some of them and just say, well, you know, that's the generic why school, it's, it's just for the sake of time. A lot of these can be recycled somewhat. You do need to tailor, tailor your essay to the school. But in general, when you do the heavy lift work that we've discussed earlier about knowing why, you know, doing that self-discovery process of knowing why you want an MBA, that's a big portion of the work. So first and foremost, though, when tying your essays back to the specific school, you need to be genuine. I cannot stress this enough. A few quality connections at the school are infinitely better than a ton of connections on LinkedIn or whatever. If you want to work, network with someone on LinkedIn, have more in common with them than just a desire to go to their alma mater. As far as how many things to tie into, like with Wharton asking, I think how their school fits your post MBA goals, I'd say Try and find at least two things, no more than three. You don't just want to give a list of, you know, because this, 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 and this, all of which can be Googled. Um, that That's not impressive. You want two things, no more than three, but err on less, but more genuine connections have a real reason. So all of these schools have great faculty and they've all produced great alumni. That is not special. Everyone wants to go to these schools for those reasons. What is a real and genuine reason the Wharton MBA may be more beneficial than the Booth MBA? This requires time and effort, and I get it, but it is worth it. Also, I, I've mentioned them in another podcast, clearadmit.com is a good resource for analysis on essays. Take them with a bit of a grain of salt, as some of the advice is, I want to say generic, but my advice is generic too, right? I don't know you specifically, at least not yet. So I have to keep it kind of high level, but I guess my issue is, is this, um, bear with me real quick. I think some of you, when you probably heard the chat GPT essay that it wrote for, I think Wharton, um, it sounded like, Oh, that, that sounds like an MBA emissions essay. Y sort of. Yes. But remember, and this is the issue with a, um, with clearadmit.com. Remember that one, you're applying to or you're doing something that tons of people do, sure. But the majority of people who do these things apply to top tier business schools fail. So do not do what everybody's doing. Just because it sounds like a good admissions essay and just because maybe someone says, oh yeah, that's how I got in, who knows 
what it was that got them in. And the essay is, if it makes sense, if you turn in a generic chat GPT sounding essay with, you know, what was it? Uh, my convictions with going to an MBA school revolve around A, B, and C. That's fine, but there's kind of an opportunity cost that you're losing there where the essay can kind of seal your fate one way or the other. I doubt any of you are going to write bad essays. I, I would not worry about that, but it would be a shame to kind of leave those extra like, oh my gosh, moments on the table by just writing a generic essay. Additionally, please feel free to start with a generic essay. And I think we'll talk about that once I have an example um, on the floor, but starting with like a generic corny essay or like ending all of your pair or your um, conclusion paragraphs, starting them with in conclusion, as much as I make fun of that, it's a great way to start because it just kind of frees you from having to write, you know, a perfect polished essay right out the gate. So anyway, enough preamble. Uh, I am going to go essentially just down the list of at least the top seven. Uh, we'll see how many we get to. So let's start with Wharton, which is Pennsylvania. Wharton's number one. Uh, their essay number one is, how do you plan to use the Wharton MBA program to help you achieve your future professional goals? You might consider your past experience, short and long-term goals, and resources available at Wharton. Uh, you probably know what I'm gonna say. This is the generic YX MBA. All right, so use those other episodes that we've talked about to kind of pull out a why do you want to go to this school. Additionally, start your research with Wharton, okay? And this goes for every school. So look them up, Wikipedia them, look them up on their website, talk to people. All of these schools are gonna have plenty of famous people associated with it, but don't just name dump, you know, when it says um, resources available at Wharton. If you say the great faculty, that's not enough research, right? But if you just name 14 different professors, that's in a way still not enough. It's too much, but not enough. Now, if, and Booth would be easier for me just because I spent time there with my wife, you know, if you have a great name, like um, you've heard me mention him, Professor Epley at Booth, and you can explain why his ethical class on ethics means so much to you, that's a deeper connection. And that's the level at least the level that you need to go to now. And this will be true for pretty much all the essays. What I was saying about kind of writing a corny essay to begin with. So literally it's how do you plan to use the Wharton MBA program to help you achieve your future professional goals? Reword that to start your first paragraph, right? I plan to use the Wharton MBA program to help me achieve my future professional goals by A, B, C, and D considering my past experience, it will help me, or considering my past experience of whatever, being in finance, it helps the Wharton MBA helps my short goals by doing this. Additionally, when looking at my past experience, the Wharton MBA helped me with my long-term goals. Finally, or, you know, no, not, we're not in conclusion yet. And then, and then towards the end though, it'll be also the resources available at Wharton, which are, you know, this professor who really, you know, calls to me and this, you know, um, this club or the new venture challenge at Booth. Again, I know infinitely more about that school and uh, another one. Um, but you see what I mean? Like you can literally just rephrase the questions that the essays are asking you into the starting sentences of your paragraph. And then like we talked about earlier, free write and see where it goes, right? You don't, I guess I should just clarify here. Please do not leave 
a restructured, you know, I plan to use the Wharton MBA program to help me achieve my future professional goals by doing this. You'll want to rework the sentence a little bit before you turn it in. Okay, so that's essay one. Uh, It's 500 words uh, and it says uh, on their website, it says required, which makes sense. There's going to be, yep, there's an optional essay for Wharton. Essay number two for Wharton, taking into consideration your background, personal, professional, and or academic, how do you plan to make specific, meaningful contributions to the Wharton community? This is a super interesting one. I bet you we'll see something pop up like this again, but I like this one because it's essentially asking you to, you know, what are you going to bring to the community? Additionally, the toughest part about this type of essay is that you kind of have to throw false humility to the wind. Find out, remember earlier where, I can't remember what episode it was, but I said it might've been the very first one, like take honest stock of what you excelled at. Take, you know, a real inventory, throwing false humility away. What did you do good at in, as they say, academia or in your professional life or in your personal life? And as a general rule, and I'm fine with this because I think most people have this sentiment, feel free to use this from me, that one of the contributions you aim to make to any place you go, and I would make this a real commitment, is to help other people succeed as best as you can, to make it less about you. While that might be generic, I actually don't see it often anywhere, but it's a sentiment that when I tell people, right, when I tell people that I want my life's work to be reflected in the success of others, that is a sentiment that I haven't heard many people express, but when I say it, everyone universally agrees with it. They're like, oh my God, that would be great too. I want to do that, right? So if that's genuinely how you feel, say something like that, right? I I would ask you not to quote me directly because that is actually in published writing that I've done and it will come back. Um, Maybe not on Google. I'm not like famous or anything, but um, that will very likely show up as as, um, not copyrighted. What would it be called? Plagiarism um, because I've done it in a bunch of academic papers. Anyway, some sort of sentiment like that, if you're trying to, because it can be tough where when, when we were applying to Booth, how are we, how's my wife Katie going to contribute to the community at Booth? And the community is kind of really difficult to get a, a, a handle on, especially if maybe you don't have the money or the time to visit these schools. So um, leaning into the whole, I want to get an MBA at Wharton, but I want to bring as many people as I can with me. That's a good kind of overall sentiment because I'm pretty sure that you personally agree with me. That is something you want to do. All right. Uh, Again, all the regular things apply to essay two. It can be 400 words. Uh, I would encourage you never to go above the word count, not even by a little. Uh, I don't know. I'd say it's probably 50-50 if directors care about this. I was a director who cared because if I give you a hard limit, and you go over it by like two or three words, you might think that that is not a big deal. To me, it might actually tell me like, why, why did you not check that, right? Why did you think that this was a suggestion? We're, we're not saying approximately 400 words, we're saying 400 words. And in terms of too little, I would say, I wonder how many of you, I'd love to get feedback on that if you guys feel like you might want to write too little. I mean, certainly I would not do probably less than half of the word requirement. So for essay number one, 500 words, it needs to be over 250 in general. And essay two, you know, unless you just have some amazing, you know, one-liner, which maybe you do. But 
try not to go below half the word count as a minimum. So they also have an optional essay. I believe most of the schools we'll discuss have an optional essay. Again, we're still talking about Wharton. And the optional essay says, please use this space to share any additional information about yourself that cannot be found elsewhere in your application and that you would like to share with the admissions committee. This space can also be used to address any extenuating circumstances, unexplained gaps in work experience, choice of recommenders, inconsistent or questionable academic performance, areas of weakness, etc. that we that you would like the admissions committee to consider. 500 words. All right. Um, my initial thought on this is you and I will need to talk about this as a separate episode, the optional essay in general, because it's another under, if, if essays are underutilized in terms of how strong they can make your application, the optional essay is massively underutilized. It is such a great area to, well, honestly, Wharton, Wharton kind of knocks it out of the park with how they're doing this. Um, let me read that again, because essentially I could tell you too, Hey, the optional essay is a great space to address any extenuating circumstances, unexplained gaps in work experience, choice of recommenders, inconsistent or questionable academic performance, areas of weakness that you would like the admissions committee to consider. Uh, maybe it doesn't require its own um, episode. Do what Wharton says. That is insanely important that you use this. Now, I would caution you against using an optional essay to kind of continue tooting your own horn, you should be able to include anything major about yourself that's relevant to the MBA in one of your essays or your resume or something like that. There might be a few one-offs where it just genuinely doesn't fit. And again, uh, I would say probably the only major issue I've seen with optional essays outside of not using one is I've legitimately had a couple of applicants kind of continue their essay. They're, they're like essay number one has a 500 word limit and then they just kind of continue it in the optional essay. Don't do that. Directors will know what you're doing. It's not, it's not okay, but optional essay, excellent place. Oh, uh, last thing I wanted to say about the optional essay in general, the optional essay does not need to have a introduction or a catchy first line or a conclusion. You could literally say, uh, like if you're military and you say, Hey, uh, Technically, I know I have an unexplained gap in work experience, but to be honest, after doing 10 years in the army and deploying nine times, I just wanted to take a couple of years off and backpack through Europe. And that's what I did, right? It, it could literally just be that. You don't have to introduce it. You don't have to do a conclusion, just explain it. On the flip side, if you do feel that what you have to talk about requires an intro and a conclusion, that's fine as well. But it does not have to be structured like a real essay. Now we're moving to Chicago Booth. I actually, yeah, I know booths kind of by heart because, you know, I've worked with a lot of people on this, my wife and her friends and, you know, all the, all the future aspiring boothies that my wife runs into, um, essay one, how will the booth minimum, sorry, minimum. Wow. How will the booth MBA help you achieve your immediate and long-term post MBA career goals? 250 word minimum. Honestly, I like the way this is essay one from Wharton, right? Booth has the same thing. I like the way Wharton worded it better in terms of they both have the short and long-term goals, but Wharton specifically calls out resources available at Wharton. That might be, or I guess it is technically implied when it says, how will the Booth MBA help you achieve your immediate and long-term post MBA career goals? But 
I would put on the end of that for yourself, um, you know, what resources at Booth are going to help as well. So um, pretty simple prompt there. SA2, an MBA is as much about personal growth as it is about professional development. In addition to sharing your experience and goals in terms of career, we'd like to learn more about you outside of the office. Use this opportunity to tell us something about who you are. This is a big one, and I will say that these types of super open-ended ones tend to trip people up a ton. Now, I should have mentioned this too, both booth essays when my wife applied and now that I'm looking at them again, have a 250 word minimum with no maximum. I would not go over, no way would I go over a thousand words. That's, uh, I think a thousand words is two pages single spaced. You might want to keep it lower than that. Shoot for, shoot for 750 max word count. Um, actually, let's do that. 750 words max for the booth essays. And that is partially pragmatic because all the director is going to be reading so many essays. A thousand words is um, like four double space pages, I believe. So this one's interesting. I would encourage you to use the kind of creative techniques that we talked about earlier in terms of getting stuff out of your head. Like pretend like you're talking to me, right? You're my friend now. You know who I am. My name's David. I am not judgmental. I'm trying to get you in the business school. I would love to know something cool about you right? Whatever it may be. And it does not have to be MBA related. Additionally, let's see, let me, it does not have to be MBA related. The tie-in can be implied, right? Like let's say a major turning point in your life came when, I don't know, you had to take over the family store when you were a teenager because your father got sick. I'm like thinking of a John Steinbeck novel right now. Um, you had to take over the, the family store and you had to learn how to manage people three times your age when you were 15 years old. Depending on how you write that, you might not need to directly point it back at Booth. That's a pretty self-evident, wow, you had to learn to manage and lead from a young age. Now, third, you can, as I've mentioned earlier, you can tie essay number two from Booth back into the MBA, but you need to be careful with it so that it's not just another Y booth MBA. So feel this one out a little bit. I would err on the side of if you have a really truly awesome icebreaker that you use in most of your like new jobs or whatever it may be, and it makes for a good fun story, maybe start there. And, and you know, as long as you can express what it's done probably to change you as a person, that's good. Remember too, though, I've seen other essays and other colleges that require essays like this that talk about, you know, baking and how this person liked to really cook during COVID. That's a completely appropriate one. Um, I'd say Booth's essay number two is probably the area where good writing will carry you the furthest because essentially they're saying, tell us a story about you outside of the office. That's really interesting, right? You do not want to tell them hmm, outside of the office. Yeah, I guess actually with that, I would not, if you have the Steinbeck story of taking over your family um, canned goods store, uh, I would not I would not use that because that's in the office. So it does need to specifically be a non-work related thing. So yeah, um, taking my own advice, follow the prompt. This is where though, being able to craft an entertaining story can really make a difference. Now they have an optional essay. 
this one's pretty simple. Is there any unclear information in your application that needs further explanation? If so, please use this section to clarify. Amen. Exactly what you should use an optional essay for. Now we are into good old Stanford GSB. Uh, they have to be different. They have essay A and essay B and optionals and optional. Okay. You're going to write a lot if you go to Stanford. Let's see here. What matters most to you and why? That is Stanford GSB's essay A. What matters most to you and why? Suggest word, suggested word count is 650. I would not take that as a suggestion. Do not go above 650. For this essay, this is this is still Stanford. This is not my opinion. So what matters most to you and why? For this essay, we would like you to reflect deeply and write from the heart. Once you've identified what matters most to you, help us understand why. You might consider, for example, what makes this so important to you? What people, insights, or experiences have shaped your perspectives? A couple key call-outs here. One, as a writer, this speaks to my heart. I would love to see essays like this. Two, this one has the risk-benefit-reward curve of what I kind of come to expect from these essays. This is going to be tough. This is a tough one to write. Or on the flip side, you might immediately know what you're going to write about, and that'd be great. This is one that I would encourage you. Stanford's SAA is probably a great place to make your mark and kind of get your foot in the door at Stanford. I would say you could do it easily with this essay if you do it well. Listen to my other uh, episode, whatever I said, eight, nine, and 10. Yeah, listen to them, work your butt off on this essay because it's worth putting time into. It's gonna be a tougher one uh, to really get great, but totally worth the effort. Um, all the general rules apply though. I would with this one, it's got quite a few sections in it, right? Um, but it's all suggestions, which is really interesting. I guess main takeaway from Stanford's SAA is that it does not have to be about the MBA. And I would encourage you not to force it. If you do have a true, genuine, most important thing to you ties into the MBA, then use it. But if you use something weird, like, you know, I, I, I got a, I got a accountancy degree when I was an undergrad. So I became an accountant and now I want to do something a little higher level. And that's the most important thing in my life to me. Maybe, maybe, I mean, you know, you're an accountant, so maybe you really do love accountancy that much. Who knows? Um, speaking of that, my, my wonderful aunt actually teaches accountancy, but she's also a MBA and she's a professor. I will definitely have her on here. Um, she is halfway retired up in Idaho and probably one of the greatest human beings ever. So her name's Mick and I will get her on here too, to answer some accountancy and MBA questions for you. All right. The Stanford GSB essay B is why Stanford suggested workout 400 words. Again, I would get rid of the suggested. Describe your aspirations and how your Stanford GSB experience will help you realize them. If you're applying to both MBA and MSX programs, use essay B to address your interest in both programs. Interesting, very interesting, but this is still in the same vein as Wharton and Booth. Um, so we don't need to falsely extend stuff here. I'm not saying Stanford's essays are any less serious. It's just like I, like I preface this whole thing with, it's a lot of the same. There's a lot of carryover 
So, yeah, same same answer applies to why specifically Stanford. Now they have an optional short answer question A. Interesting, and it's got it's got almost like half a page of explanation under it. So, optional short answer question A. In this section, we provide an optional opportunity for you to discuss some of your contributions more fully. What do we mean by optional? We truly mean you have the opportunity to choose. In evaluating your application, we want to know about who you are and how you think Stanford will help you achieve your aspirations. We are also interested in learning about the things you have done that are most meaningful to you. If you feel you if you feel that you've already dis- addressed these questions well in other areas of the application, congrats, you're done. If you would like to discuss your contributions more fully, this section is the place to do so. Perhaps you would like to expand upon a bullet item from your resume and tell us more about the how or why behind the what. That's a great way to say it. The how or why behind the what. Hmm. Or maybe you've had an impact in a way that doesn't fit neatly in another part of the application. You're welcome to share up to three examples, up to 1,200 characters, or approximately 200 words for each example. It's a lot. Then it says, question, think about times you've created a positive impact, whether in professional, extracurricular, academic, or other settings. What was your impact? What made it significant to you or to others? This is a great essay prompt. And I got to tell you that um, I can't, I I can say that these are sincere. Okay. They, They really do a universal thing amongst where I worked, the directors I knew from Booth through my wife, Everybody, they genuinely wish that there was a better system than a paper, well, electronic application to judge your your fit for a school. They want to know you, and this is Stanford genuinely asking you how um, how they can get to know you better. I would be again. This requires a lot of work, right? But it's Stanford. It's it's worth the work. I would be really surprised if you wouldn't need to use this. I know that they say, if you feel that you've already addressed these questions well in other areas of the application, congrats, you're done. That can be true. That can certainly be true. I'd lean more towards, man, as a, as a complete person, you should have more than just, you know, a couple of essays and a resume to talk about. But when in doubt, well, no, I mean, when in doubt with this, I would say try and write something. Um, I would also say that like, if this makes sense, what they're saying at the end, where you're welcome to share up to three examples, up to 1200 characters or approximately 200 words for each example. It's interesting. I don't know how they, three examples at 200 words would be 600 words, but 1200 characters, characters. Hmm. Oh, okay. That's David not paying attention to detail. 1200 characters, I think. Yeah, I guess that means that means letters. Interesting. Might need to clarify that. Maybe I'm just being an idiot here, but um, 200 words for each example. Just go with that. Okay. So 200 words for each example, up to three examples. What this is telling me too, a great thing that is relatively universal with optional essays or short answers. You don't need to craft an essay, which is really, really nice. I would tell you that using this section and kind of quote unquote wasting it by telling them something that they don't really care about or they feel like you've already touched upon really shouldn't, isn't going to harm you. I can't see how this would harm you to use it, but it could definitely bolster the strength of your application. So I've really leaned towards using this one. So great, great optional short answer, optional additional context, still Stanford. 
We know that each person is more than a list of facts or predefined categories. I'm telling you guys, this is true. This is how directors really view your applications. They know this. With this question, with this question, we provide you with an optional opportunity to elaborate on how your background or life experiences have helped shape your recent actions or choices. Interesting. Hmm. <laughs> my 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 gut feeling on this is that I would use the so for Stanford, I would use a short answer question a to talk about positive stuff and then optional additional context to maybe talk about anything negative. Just as a, as a general, you, you might not need both of these essays to, or these short answers to get stuff across. So either way though, I really like that they give you room for a whole bunch and I would really encourage you to actually use it still keeping it brief, right? But these are great. Um, all the regular, you know, hot spotting, free writing type of stuff applies to these as well. And I would probably tell you too, and you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this is true for all of the essays, but I would probably tell you like, especially with Stanford, this is a lot. Okay. You have essay A, essay B, short answer A, and then optional additional context. I'd read through all of these and just start writing about why why Stanford, what's most important to you, has nothing to do with the MBA, um, so on and so forth. I, you know, write a diary, literally, like address it to yourself if you're not comfortable writing to me and tell us about stuff that you're worried about, right? Oh, I'm worried that my GPA is too low. Write that, right? You're, 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 you're starting to get the additional context essay created. So this might be one where I would read all of the, the stuff I just read, get it into like your RAM memory, like we talked about, and then free write for like five minutes, five full minutes, go take a break, free write again for another five minutes, go take a break, free write again, right? That's all of, you know, with breaks, that's maybe half an hour of your life to really generate enough content for all of these things. And then you can parse it out into, okay, this fits with question A, this fits with additional context. Take advantage of it. Um, because, yeah, I really like Stanford's. Um, that, yeah, that's a great essay section. All right, we're on to Kellogg up here in Chicago area as well. All right, Kellogg essay number one. Kellogg leaders are primed to tackle today's pressing concerns everywhere, from the boardroom to their neighborhoods. Tell us about a time in your life where you've needed a combination of skills to solve a problem or overcome a challenge. Which skills did you use? What did you accomplish? Interesting. Uh, it can only be 450 words. This is basically a behavioral interview question. This one, this one makes me feel less creative. This is one where I think just a straight up, you know, you need to tell them what the problem was, probably what your role was in it. Were you, were you a manager or were you stuck between managers, whatever it may be? What skills did you use? And then what did it accomplish? Right. So <clears throat> what the problem was, what your role was, which skills did you use and what did you accomplish? And honestly, after answering all four of those, you're probably going to be close enough to the word count that I don't really see you being able to tie in, you know, which skills did you use and tie those in with how did you learn them or how does it contribute to, uh, or how does it lead you to want to be an MBA candidate? If you have a, a really powerful, impactful example that has nothing to do with business school, use it. 
If you don't, I would probably lean towards some sort of managerial issue or leadership issue or business issue that's loosely tied to MBA ambitions. All right, essay number two for Kellogg. At Kellogg, our values are based on research that concludes organizations compromise, comprised, excuse me, organizations comprised of leaders with varied backgrounds and perspectives outperform homogenous ones. How do you believe your personal and professional experiences to date will help to enrich the Kellogg community? This is asking about diversity and equity and inclusion, DEI. This will very likely be a relatively strong one for a lot of you. If you're a veteran, you have a very easy, easy way that I know we all learned um, in the military about diverse perspectives, right? They kind of crush them all out of you for a while. But after you've been in the military for a while, you start to realize how impressive it is that so many people from so many disparate cultures and backgrounds can work together for one common goal. But I would tell you this is a great place to tell your personal story. You probably have a childhood story if you're a minority of overcoming something. I think, unfortunately, it's one of those universal things that we as humanity have not fixed yet. You know, I wish like this, this essay didn't have to exist because, you know, diversity and varied backgrounds was more respected and the norm, but it's not right now. So um, the flip side of that would be, I would suggest if it were me, right, I'm a straight white male, um, grew up relatively middle class. I would probably write about um, how do you believe your personal professional experiences to date will help enrich the Kellogg community. I would tie in something about being just so touched at how amazingly diverse, right? And I, I know that, you know, there's an underrepresentation of women in the military. Absolutely. I was in the Air Force, so that's one of the ones that has the highest representation. Either way, though, I would tie in my military experience being exposed to all these different cultures and how much I respected it. I remember um, we had like food days in the dorms or what the army calls barracks and people would cook food from their home like country or their hometown. And it was just so much fun that that would be something I would tie in a very personal experience with Kellogg's second essay. Then they have an additional information section. We know that life is full of extenuating circumstances, whether you want to explain gaps in work experience, your choice of recommenders, inconsistent or questionable academic performance or something else. You can use this section to briefly tell us anything we need to know about your application. Cool. Uh, they have a generic optional essay, which is great. I don't mean generic bad. Uh, if you are applying to Kellogg, my overall take on this and you know, this is probably frustrating for you, but good for Kellogg. Uh, Kellogg probably is going to require the most um, individual effort. I, you're, you're, they're asking for very different things here than the average MBA school asks for. So in terms of planning how much time you're going to spend on your essays, if Kellogg is one of your target schools, you're going to need to dedicate a little more time to Kellogg. And it also, you know, from what we've seen so far, the Kellogg essays also don't translate super well back to other areas. There's some argument for how both of these could actually be a good uh, seed or a good kind of a topic sentence for some of the Stanford optional short answers. So keep that in mind. There might be some Stanford Kellogg stuff going on there that you can, you can, I, I want to say recycle. I don't mean that badly. Um, if it, if it's good stuff, it's good stuff. Include it. Even if you include it in all three, four or five of your applications. So that is, that is Kellogg. All right. We are at big number five, Harvard. Um, 
Essay number one, as we review your application, what more would you like us to know as we consider your candidacy for Harvard Business School MBA program? 900 word limit. Wow, that is vague. Let me read the other ones to make sure we don't duplicate stuff here. All right, HBS essay, career goals, short answer. Briefly tell us more about your career aspirations. 500 characters. And then um, from, from what I've heard, Harvard usually has a post-interview reflection essay, usually with a pretty quick turnaround time. So you get interviewed and you have to send kind of a post-interview reflection. So let's go backwards here. Post-interview reflection, I would encourage you, as usual, you know, if you're, you'll learn this in journalism school and stuff like that, take notes immediately after the interview in terms of really, really good things. And this is a tough one where you're not going to have a lot of time to pump out a super polished, polished um, uh, essay. And I'd really just encourage you to say, I would say as a general rule, as I'm thinking about this, I would have something that surprised you and delighted you about the interview that you learned from your interviewer, something positive about the school that you learned, and then something that surprised you in a good way that you weren't aware of, that you learned at the interview. And then as a fourth, do you know why that interview reaffirmed your desire to go to Harvard? So I would do those four things, be able to answer those four questions, construct as decent of an essay as you can. I would say this one, don't worry about being super creative. You're just not gonna have the time. Just pump something out that answers those four questions. And that's a good outline for a immediate post interview essay. All right, so the the going backwards, briefly tell us more about your career aspirations, 500 characters. They actually do say briefly, right? So we're gonna err on the side of brevity for everything, but a lot more so on Harvard's because they're actually asking you for brevity. This is where all the same stuff applies, right? What are your career aspirations? That's, that shouldn't be a hard thing to answer. To assuage any concern you may have, you're never gonna be held to that if you change your mind when you're in business school, it's totally fine. But, you know, self-discovery, find out what your career aspirations are. This one, I would not err towards being creative and super lyrical and, um, you know, the greatest essayist ever. I would just tell them what your career aspirations are. That is what they're asking. Answer the question. Now, going back up to Harvard's first essay, as we review your application, what more would you like us to know as we consider your candidacy for the Harvard Business School MBA program? 900 word limit. This is obviously an area to absolutely shine, right? Because it's so open. You can do whatever you want, which is good. But giving, you know, while I know I'm talking to you directly, I still have to give kind of high level generic advice simply because I don't know your backstory. What I would really encourage you to do is go to Wharton, their essay number one, say, how do you plan to use the Harvard MBA program to help achieve your future professional goals? You might consider your past experience, short and long-term goals, and resources available at Harvard. Answer that for, if, if, you, if you're running out of stuff to do or don't know how to structure it, if the, or if the vagary of HBS's essays stress you out instead of excite you, I think Wharton has a really, really good essay prompt that perfectly fits this. You just change the school name and obviously the reasons and the resources, but use Wharton's first essay as the outline for Harvard's first essay 
if you're struggling for how to do it. All right, moving on, we're at Sloan, which is MIT. It took me forever to remember that. Um, Sloan's MBA essay is a cover letter, I think. So it says, MIT Sloan seeks students whose personal characteristics demonstrate that they will make the most of the incredible opportunities at MIT, both academic and non-academic. We are on a quest to find those whose presence will enhance the experience of other students. See, I told you, right? Saying that you're there to help other people, not just yourself, is a, they like this. We seek thoughtful leaders with exceptional intellectual abilities and the drive and determination to put their stamp on the world. We welcome people who are independent, authentic, and fearlessly creative, true doers. We want people who can redefine solutions to conventional problems and strive to preempt unconventional dilemmas with cutting edge ideas. We demand integrity and respect passion. Taking the above into consideration, please submit a cover letter seeking a place in the MIT Sloan MBA program. Your letter should confirm, conform to a standard business correspondence, include one or more professional examples that illustrate why you meet the desired criteria above, and be addressed to the admissions committee. 300 words or fewer, excluding address and salutation. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. First, moving backwards again, as you'll notice I do a lot with writing because most things get good towards the end. Um, conform to a standard business correspondence. I would bet you if you go to clearadmit.com, they're going to give you a visual representation of what that is. It would be pointless for me to do it right now because just go look up clearadmit. I'm sure they are helpful like that. So that is your standard um, formatting for it. Do not mess that up. It must look like it. I would really encourage you to. If Sloan allows you to submit in PDF form, submit it in PDF form, right? Because if you have Word 2000, I don't know, uh, 2017 on your computer, I don't know if that's a Word version, and you submit it to like a Word 2023, it could it could jank it up or something. So submit it in PDF form if you can. Okay, this is a lot. I like it. This is a really, man, I would not put this with MIT with his, you know, it, it is strange that of all the quantitatively heavy schools that Booth has such a reputation, and here we are talking about MIT, but this is great. I want you actually to do your best to mimic the way that they wrote or the way that they write and the way that they are unapologetically confident in who MIT is. You need to be the same. This is a cover letter. This is not a place to ask for a position at MIT. This is a place to tell Sloan why you belong there. Throw your insecurities out the freaking window. Okay. This is a cover letter and you only have 300 words. There is no room here for you to be wishy-washy. Mm, you know, I'm kind of unconfident and I never was this good. Girl. Nope. Sorry. Tell me why you're awesome and why you belong here. And then when I ask you, you know, are you, are you being serious? Be like, yeah, give me the opportunity to prove it. I have no problem saying that hundred percent. I will contribute to Sloan. I'm going to read this again to you. And I want you to pay attention to the fact that as we learned with George Orwell versus some of the weird stuff that chat GPT spits out, listen to the easy words that they use. And I, I, I swear. So I, when I pinky promised my wife, it's like the truest thing we can do for each other. So I pinky promised you until this moment, I have not read Sloan's essay prompt. And so when it uses words like authentic, right, that is, you know, that is not borrowed from MIT, that is universal 
everywhere. MIT is just doing a great job of cutting through the BS and actually telling you what to do. So please listen to it. They're also talking about the idea of bringing other people with you, right? That is a universal idea with leadership. No one cares. If you want to be a leader, no one cares how cool you are. No one cares what you can do with your life. You have to help other people do it. It is not, I cannot stress this enough. After MBA school, during MBA school, during your life right now, even if you don't go to MBA school, it is not freaking about you, right? Like the whole wear a mask thing during COVID. I know I'm going all preachy right now, but the people that didn't wear a mask, dude, it's not about you. It's about the people that can get sick easier than you. That's why we wear a mask to be sweet to other people. Just be nice. Okay. All right. Listen to their conviction and how they don't use big words like, well, conviction <laughs> or catalyze, right? It was catalyze in the, uh, in the chat GPT one. MIT Sloan seeks students whose personal characteristics demonstrate that they will make the most of the incredible opportunities at MIT, both academic and non-academic. We are on a quest to find those whose presence will enhance the experience of other students. We seek thoughtful leaders with exceptional intellectual abilities and the drive and determination to put their stamp on the world. We welcome people who are independent, authentic, and fearlessly creative, true doers. We want people who can redefine solutions to conventional problems and strive to preempt unconventional dilemmas with cutting edge ideas. We demand integrity and respect passion. Man, that's beautiful. I love this. I don't want an MBA, but I want to go to Sloan. Like, wow. Awesome. Uh, yeah, mirror them. Okay. This is also, even if you're not applying to MIT, mirror this, trust me, this is what they need. They are unapologetic and that's okay. Right. This can be really tough, especially for, for quite a few people that go to MBA school. When you come off as unapologetic, you're going to seem cocky, right? If, un, you know, unfortunately with the sexism, the way it is, it can be incredibly difficult because women have the unfortunate one of, you know, men are being assertive and women are being conceited. I hate that. I hate that it exists, but trust me. And remember, this is coming from a man who is married to a unbelievably wonderful woman who got into MBA school, especially for a cover letter, especially with 300 words or fewer. You've got to be confident. I know that's tough to say. I, I want to do a whole episode on the silliness of that whole sentiment of cockiness versus conceited or um, assertive versus conceited. We don't have the time or the room to do that in this episode. So all I can tell you is that you've got to throw it to the wind and just just be confident in who you are and what you can bring to the table. Right. You are a decent, good human trying to be a better human. The MBA isn't just about just business and just money. MIT knows that, you know that. Now put it on the page and do it in 300 words or fewer and awesome. Okay. Ooh, they have a video prompt. So introduce yourself to your future classmates. I'm sorry, this is still Sloan, MIT. They have a, it's called Sloan MBA essay video prompt. Introduce yourself to your future classmates. Here's your chance to put a face with a name. Let your personality shine through be conversational, be yourself. We can't wait to meet you. Videos should adhere to the following guidelines. No more than one minute or 60 seconds in length. Single take. Ooh, single take, no editing. Speaking directly to the camera. Do not include background music or subtitles. Note, while we ask you to introduce yourself to your future classmates in this video, the video will not be shared beyond the admissions committee and is for use in the application process only. 
man, MIT is no joke as you'd expect them to be. Lots of respect. Okay. Um, there's a reason that I don't do YouTube content and I just speak because, oh my goodness, do I not like talking on video. The immediate things that come to mind to help you out with this is I would encourage you if you have time not to try and memorize a script unless you know for a fact that is that is your strength. I would tell you to have bullets, right? Maybe, um, you know, introduce yourself, put a face to the name, let your personality shine through, be conversational, be yourself. We can't wait to meet you. So you got a couple of things here. There's not, when I look over it again, it's not asking you beyond anything other than to introduce yourself. Okay. Do a couple of things here. Pick someone that you're going to address. If you don't have a good friend or a family member to do this, address me. Okay. Tell me who you are and just, just be conversational about it. You're going to have to take it probably quite a few times, especially because there's no editing, right? Just, just to be clear here, uh, this is a single take from my understanding of it, right? Single take means you have to do it all in one go, but you can do that one go a million times. Okay. Speak slower than you think you need to. That's a big deal for me as well. And when it says speak directly to the camera, that that's, that's tough, right? Like I have a webcam above my computer right now. And I mean, when I'm just talking into a microphone, I can't tell you, and you probably even noticed, um, at, at the beginning of these podcasts, I was kind of like, introduce yourself to future classmates. Here's your chance to put a face to with a, with a name. And I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe I stuttered there. And I delete the whole take and redo it. Who cares? People stutter in real life. Okay. Get the main points out there. You could, in theory, you know, there, there's hacks to this where like you could have a a prompt or a, a, a bullet list behind the camera. I'd be really cautious with that, though, simply because it, it's it's painfully obvious, especially remember directors are going to be MIT directors. Sloan directors are going to be looking at hundreds of these videos. So they're probably very adept at picking up if you're reading from a script. So um, speaking directly to the camera, that is their way of saying do not read from a script. This can be tough. What I would encourage you to do though, is maybe, maybe some creative stuff, right? Um, call a friend or a family member or something on, on Skype or zoom or whatever the heck you use and record it. Practice this over and over again, laugh. You know, if you have a really great relationship with like your sister and you guys make each other laugh all the time, get on there, embarrass yourself, make yourself feel silly but record that zoom conversation, right? Look right at the camera and continually try 60 second takes, right? Of introducing yourself. And all you've got there is like your best friend or your sister or your parents on the other end of the line and try as hard as you can to just put yourself in a good headspace and be goofy. I, I would imagine that these video essays come out a little bit better if you air it towards um, being lighthearted and funny, right? Like, do you could do, um, honestly, if you have no idea how to fill a 60 second video and remember, I would say it probably needs to be at least, at least 45 seconds. And then I would personally think if I were a director with this and your video was 63 seconds long, I wouldn't care simply because, and I know I said kind of the opposite about the essays, but all of you applying to MBA school have been through, you know, about 12 years of regular school through high school and everything. And then like a four year college degree, 
you, you know how to do word count. That That's an understandable thing. MIT is not testing you on your ability to record a great video. On that note too, just make sure that the video quality doesn't suck. Don't film it with a potato. Don't have backlight, right? Backlight kills. So just close your curtains or whatever. Be aware of what's in the video. I would not be a brown noser and have like a MIT shirt on or something. Um, I would dress professionally for this, but try and try again to do, if, if, if you don't know what to do, just keep trying takes, right? And record them and deliberately mess them up, right? Let you let yourself mess up and you don't have to press start and stop again every time you record, right? Just put the camera, put your phone somewhere and talk to it until you get comfortable. Even if it takes 10, 15, 20 takes, you know, basic video editing software, you can YouTube a, I think you can actually just edit it right on your iPhone or whatever, your Android or whatever you have. But you know, if you need to put it into a video editing software just to cut stuff out, that, that doesn't count as editing. And I don't know if there's a way for them to tell. I, I would I would guarantee you that cutting it to your 160 second take is not what they're saying about editing. What they're saying about editing is go watch, um, if you're unfamiliar with video games, go watch any like Let's Play or somebody like, um, I watch this guy named Riker. Um, a lot of his videos are good, but they have those jump cuts where you'll say a sentence and it's immediate cut and he starts saying another sentence. And it, it looks fine, but it's very obviously edited. That's what they're telling you not to do, okay? Now, um, forgive me, I, I went off on a tangent there. If I already said this, I'm sorry, but do, if you have nothing else to do, do two, two truths and a lie, right? So you introduce yourself, hey, my name's David, here's three things about me and I want you to pick which one of them is a lie. I've done, I was bit by a shoplifter in a Kmart parking lot, I got my head stuck between the guardrails on the staircase and let's see, um, I worked in a cadaver lab. So those three things, which one do you think it was? Spoiler alert, I know I didn't give you a lot of time to think, but there is a time limit on this video. Spoiler alert, I did not work in a cadaver lab, that was my wife. But yes, I was bit by a shoplifter, and yes, I got my head stuck in guardrails, and I don't wanna tell you how old I was when that happened, because it was much more recent than it should have been. All right, looking at that, that was a little over a minute, I think. Um, either way, keep it funny, I, I don't know um, I'm not sure if for me, if I could do this and be serious about like, you know, introduce yourself to your classmates. I'm not going to get up and introduce myself and be like, I'm super serious and I want to be here for this reason. I'm going to try and be funny. Um, you do you though. This is one where, um, yeah, this is not my area of expertise, but, um, do what you need to do to get comfortable with it. I think that's the toughest thing is that talking to a microphone is incredibly tough. Talking to a microphone while staring at a camera, recording your face, brutal. All right, um, this is, we're still on Sloan. Thanks for hanging with me, um, MIT. I'm really impressed by them. All right, optional short answer question. How has the world you come from shaped who you are today? For example, your family, culture, community all help to shape aspects of your identity. Please use this opportunity if you'd like to share more about your background. If you are applying to MIT, I would not treat this one as optional. I am saying you must answer this. It's 250 words or less. That should give you a sigh of relief, right? Word vomit all over the page, get it all out there, condense, 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 chat GPT it and condense, do it three or four times. You got it, I mean 250 words, it's half a page. You'll be fine, 
right? And you absolutely have something like your family, culture, community. You should be chomping at the bit to do an essay like this. I promise you, you're probably really just the hot spotting technique would be perfect for this. Like I would, if you have the time, I get the time is a very, very big thing with MBAs um, or MBA um, applications. If you have the time though, I would essentially kind of hotspot this optional short answer answer question until you only have hotspots left. I would just take it to 250 hotspotted words, right? Where the whole thing is just a red heat map. Um, that's a great thing about how few words they're allowing you. Just get to the point. Um, you know, you want to go with, with, with a fist over fluff. Um, I'm not sure if I've used that term before, but your writing needs to hit like a fist, not a fluffy, you know, feather duster or something. Okay. Um, I think we got, we got probably one more. We'll be in the top seven here. Yeah. So Columbia number seven, uh, short answer question. What is your immediate post MBA professional goal? 50 characters. This is a sentence or two. Just answer the question. Right. And literally if, if it feels weird to just say, you know, to become a banker, just say post MBA, what's the quickest way you could say it to save word count. Um, I would do, you probably don't even need to say immediate. I would just say post MBA, I will be a consultant. There you go. Simple. Um, you can expand upon that, right? I'll be the greatest consultant in the world. Um, whatever you want to do. Th this is not, yeah, a difficult one. Short answer question. Just answer the question. All right. Now, if you have something funny in there, though, like, you know, I'll be, uh, what was it? A peyote smoking tour guide in the Grand Canyon. Good for you. You might actually be able to fit that. Oh, it's 50 characters, not 50 words. Yeah. So that's, that's very short. It's just 50 letters. All right. Uh, Columbia MBA essay question number one. Through your resume and recommendations, we have a clear sense of your professional path to date. What are your career goals over the next three to five years? And what, in your imagination, would be your long-term dream job? That's cool. It's 500 words. Um, pretty simple, standard stuff, right? This is, honestly, this is another way to say what are your short-term and long-term goals. So this is exactly like all the way back up when we were talking about uh, Kellogg like an hour ago. Uh same exact thing, short-term, long-term goals. That's it. And within that word count of 500 words, you will probably be able to include why Columbia is the school to help you achieve that. All right. Essay question two, the Phillips pathway for inclusive leadership PPIL is a co-curricular program designed to ensure that every Columbia business school student develops the skills to become an ethical and inclusive leader. Through PPIL, students attend programming focused on five essential diversity, equity, and inclusion skills, creating an inclusive environment, mitigating bias and prejudice, managing intercultural dialogue, addressing systematic inequity, and understanding identity and perspective taking. Hmm, that's a weird, what is perspective taking? And understanding identity and perspective taking. <laughs> Tell us about a time when you were challenged around one of these five skills. Describe the situation, the actions you took, and the outcome. It's only 250 words, so I would really just pick whichever one you can write the strongest response to, and then describe the situation, describe the actions you took, and describe the outcome. This is spelled out for you. Columbia is kind of keeping it pretty simple here with, um, yeah, I like it, 250 words. You'll you'll be able, once you, once you answer those three, describe the situation, the actions you took, and the outcome, 
that's going to take up almost all 250 words. So just keep that very simple. All right. Essay question three. We believe Columbia Business School is a special place. CBS proudly fosters a collaborative learning environment through curricular experiences like our cluster and learning teams, an extremely active co-curricular and student life environment and career mentorship mentorship opportunities like our executives in residence program. Why do you feel Columbia Business School is a good fit for you academically, culturally, and professionally? 250 word maximum. Well, while you don't want to do this verbatim, I would say that Columbia Business School is a good fit for you, for me, academically, culturally, and professionally because of things like the executive in residence program, the student life environment, the extremely active co-curricular environment. They're basically giving you the answer above, but you need to make it personal and authentic. So I would learn more about these, right? So we go um, through curricular experiences like our cluster and learning teams look up what the cluster and learning teams are, what they do, the different options. And instead of referring directly to clusters and learning team, say that culturally or academically, you know, they fit you because, you know, their learning teams are modeled like this, but then culturally, you know, you could jump back up to the Phillips pathway for inclusive leadership, right? But you're not just regurgitating at this point, you're not just regurgitating the PPIL that they asked you about in question number two, you need to authentically tie in a quick little anecdote of here's been my experience with mitigating bias, you know, and you can even reference essay question number two and essay question number three. You could say, as I discussed in essay question number two, when I had to overcome um, bias and prejudice, I, I, I feel drawn to Columbia because culturally they're already trying to get ahead of mitigating bias and or they're trying to get a head start on mitigating bias, right? Like you can tie your essays together and that's true for all of them as well. All right. But at the end of the day, this is basically a, you know, why, why Harvard, why Kellogg, not just the generic MBA. That is what this essay is asking you. They also have an optional essay. If you wish to provide further information or additional context around your application to the admissions committee, Please upload a brief explanation of any areas of concern in your academic record or personal history. This does not need to be a formal essay. Hey, they actually officially said it. You may submit bullet points. That's pretty true for most of them. Um, maximum 500 words. Same sentiment as all the other optional essays. Just do it. Um, yeah, it, address it. So that is going through the top seven essay questions or essay responses. If you have a school that you're applying to, that I would say doesn't loosely fit one of these to maybe like, I don't know if I had to give you a number, like isn't like 70% similar if it's got enough uniqueness to it. And technically there are not varying degrees of uniqueness, but I'll just call myself out on that. Anyway, if you have a unique essay question that you want me to address, please respond to this podcast with it on Spotify, or you can go to our website and let me know. And I'd love to discuss it. Um, Again, general sentiments here. Most of these are going to be relatively easy to get a get a get a um, the core of what you're writing down on paper for most of these schools because the majority of them, in one form or another, have something to do with what are your goals? Why MIT? Why Columbia? Why Harvard? Right. So you need to change those, but they're still an MBA. So look at why MBA, and then look at why these schools fit you. Use the tools that we talked about in episode eight and nine. 
ChatGPT is not a bad thing. Listen to episode 10 if you want to hear my opinion and take and see some really or listen to some really funny examples of ChatGPT doing its thing and err on the side of being authentic. Okay. If this is, I'm going to shamelessly self-promote here. If your essays are an area of major concern or you really want to take my advice and get as much as you absolutely can out of the essays, this is where I am 100% confident that you and I working together will be beneficial for you. If you are interested in that, go to the website. There is stuff on there to sign up, hourly rates, that type of stuff to work with me. This is definitely the area that I am most confident in. So if I can help you individually, please let me know. But hopefully you found some use out of this. And at that, ooh, this is our longest podcast to date. Go us. All right. I hope you have a wonderful day. As always, we will talk soon.